Tech Policy Podcast. I'm Ashkin Kazarian. On today's show, we're going to talk about 5G again, but from an industry perspective. We have a very special guest. We have John Godfrey, who is Senior Vice President for Public Policy in the Samsung Electronics America. John, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you, Ash. I'm glad to be here. So before we get into 5G, uh, what does a Vice President for Samsung Electronics America do? Uh, well, uh, I represent Samsung in Washington, D.C. We've got a, a team of people who interface with the government, with industry associations, with uh, nonprofit organizations, uh, even some technical standards groups. And so we're, we're almost like, uh, you know, er, early in my career, I, I studied political science and international relations, uh, was interested in diplomacy, thought I might want to be a diplomat. Uh, in a way, that's that's kind of what I am now. I'm a, a diplomat representing Samsung in the United States. And so we we help the company understand what's happening in Washington, D.C. The U.S. is is an extremely important market for, you know, for any global company, certainly for Samsung. And so knowing what's happening in Washington, D.C., policies, laws, regulations that affect our business is very important to the company. And then we also try to educate the government about Samsung. Uh, I'm actually technically not a, a lobbyist. I'm, I don't I do not do that. We have some people on our team who are, uh, but we do, uh, we do educate the government about Samsung's presence in the United States, our technology, uh, try to help them understand what the what the technology does, what it can do to empower people, users, uh, schools, doctors, what have you. That's that's the really fun part of my job. Uh, only a little bit of it also is trying to actually influence what those laws and regulations are uh, to try and you know maybe uh, streamline a regulation to make it easier to bring a product to market uh, or uh, uh, to reduce trade barriers to make it easier for international business to occur, things like that. Uh, so that, that, you know, it's, that's kind of what I do. And I love it. It's a lot of fun. I love the technology. Uh, the issues are very interesting. 5G is, is maybe the most fun of all of them. So I'm, I'm really happy to talk to you about that today. And before we go into 5G, I mean, this is all interconnected. Uh, obviously, I mean, we're recording this on April 28th. Is it 28th? Yes. 29th, April 29th. 29th. Well, there, there we go. Um, on a Wednesday, I, that's all I know. I know it's a Wednesday. Uh, we're recording on uh, April 29th, and uh, we're obviously still in the thick of a pandemic. Uh, how is Samsung, I know you guys are doing some work uh, trying to help the society and just to help the economy. Um, how are you guys fighting the COVID-19 uh, Samsung does have two very large factories in the United States, which are up and running. Uh, we have one in Austin, Texas, my hometown, which is, has been there for over 20 years. It's one of the largest foreign direct investments in the United States. We make semiconductors there. It's a real cutting edge um, uh, semiconductor factory that represents over $17 billion in cumulative investment into the U.S. And we also have a uh, home appliance factory that opened in 2018 in Newberry, South Carolina, where we're making uh, clothes washers. And uh, that employs 
uh, over 800 people. Um, and they were uh, briefly closed when there were a couple of coronavirus cases. Um, the, you know, I think closed for two weeks of quarantine, very deep cleaning of the facility. They have now reopened. They're almost at full capacity again. And, you know, obviously proceeding very carefully with uh, with the, the measures that are important to uh, to maintain workers' safety. Um, we're following, you know, we're following the guidance from the Department of Homeland Security, which uh, relates to which industries are critical infrastructure that need to stay up and running. And both semiconductors and home appliances are, are on that list. Home appliances might not be obvious uh, until you think about it, I mean, with everybody sheltering at home, it's actually really important to maintain sanitation, safe cooking, safe food storage, all those kinds of things. So, uh, uh, so we're operating under that guidance um, and under the guidance of, you know, local government officials and state government officials about what what runs. Um, and the other thing I think I, I, I'd like to mention to you is is what Samsung's done in the communities where we are present in the U.S. to help with the crisis. Uh, we are we are uh, providing or have provided now uh, 4.3 million dollars of assistance in the United States uh, for coronavirus response, and in the U.S. that's divided among South Carolina, Texas, and California. Uh, and New Jersey, uh, which are the places where we have our operations. Um, and it's going to food banks, schools, local charities to really help out in, in meeting the coronavirus needs. And that's part of about $33 million of aid that we've provided around the world in response to the crisis. It is very um, heartwarming to see how much the private sector has stepped up in this very difficult time for, you know, big companies and small companies. I mean, obviously, the economy um, in its current state affects everyone differently. But I mean, not every big company. And I I don't think I, I hope you don't mind me calling Samsung big. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's uh, one of the largest electric, one of the largest <laughs> tech companies in the world. Right. Uh, but not every, you know, not every big company has stepped up. What I have personally seen is that technology companies um, have been very, very active in uh, their support of a society, in how they produce still, um, carefully produce their product, because we need phones, we need technology to stay connected more than ever. So obviously, it is, in a way, essential, you know, for you guys to keep running. And yeah, it's, it's very it gives it gives me really a lot of hope so thank you for that um now let's dive into 5g um we actually uh right before the episode with you we're releasing an episode where we talk about um a little bit about we talk about spectrum but we also talk about the recent claims at 5g i'm sorry i'm laughing but it's not um funny that 5g gives people coronavirus and was the reason for coronavirus uh can i have you on the record saying that's just complete malarkey it is uh, complete malarkey. Yes, um, the New York Times even did a story uh, saying that they thought there might be some uh, some Russian disinformation behind that. So yeah, 
but you know, I, I here's what I'll here's what I will say about that uh, act is there's a there are people who are not like you and me who see technology and are excited by it and see the possibilities that it, it can empower innovative new things. There are people who are, you know, not interested in technology or they're afraid of technology or maybe they're afraid of change. And so sometimes, you know, sometimes people play on their fears and, and they they believe something ridiculous, like that there's any connection between 5G and coronavirus, which clearly is is I think Dr. Fauci called that garbage. Uh, um, yeah, and so but, did that. Uh, but it, I think it's our job to uh, to uh, uh, educate them about how the technology is actually going to be beneficial to them, uh, so that there's a reason for them to, you know, a reason for them to to not be afraid and to embrace the new. That that's kind of how how I, I how I think about it. I don't want to make fun of people who don't understand technology. I, I want to help them see it the way I do as something that can that can empower a lot of good. I appreciate you saying that because when I see John Cusack uh you know tweeting about this, I just get angry. Um but I appreciate your more calm and educational approach. And obviously I mean it might be because you have to deal with a lot of um you know, policymakers and uh, members of Congress who sometimes don't understand technology, let's be honest. Um, some of them just don't. And um, yeah. maybe that's where your patients come from. So I'm just speculating. Um, but it is a very important job because, um, you know, TechFitin was founded, um, it was inspired by a book by Virginia Pastrell called The Fu Future and Its Enemies. And basically, it talks about that, about how some people are afraid of future, and that's why they try to re regulate it and suppress innovation. And yeah, you hit right uh, right home for us on that one. So, okay, so 5G doesn't give people coronavirus. We got that uh, sound bite. We're ready to go into actual policy implications. So uh, what do you think um, 5G innovation um, is going to accomplish in you know the next year, uh, I mean we're obviously in a very uncharted territory, but as before everything started you know falling apart, five G was uh, rolling out. It was being deployed. This technology was really you know spreading. So, what would be you know the influence of five G on a high level? Well, five G is uh, is still rolling out actually, and uh, the the carriers, Verizon, T-Mobile, uh, which is now merged with Sprint, AT&T, U.S. Cellular, a lot of a lot of other carriers are still sending their crews out to uh, uh, to deploy 5G networks, and people need 5G. I mean, maybe more now than ever, we're realizing how important it is for everybody to have access to broadband. Uh, 5G, you know, is something Samsung's been working on for for many years. I first saw it in the research labs with the engineers uh, as long ago as I think I think it was eight years ago. Uh, Samsung's really been a pioneer in developing 5G. Uh, there mm -hmm. was a study released last week that uh, identified that Samsung is the company worldwide with the largest number of 5G patents that have been granted. 
and so Samsung's really been in this from the beginning, developing that that technology. Um, what 5G enables is very very high data rates, very low latency, which is a term that means that the network responds very quickly to your you know to your communication, like instead of uh, a quarter of a second lag, the lag would be uh, five milliseconds, 10 milliseconds, which is essentially a, as fast as you can, you know, think and respond to something. So it basically means that your communication through the network will be as if you were there. You won't, you won't feel any lag. Um, and then finally, it enables very massive uh, increase in the number of devices that can be attached to the network in a given area so that you can think about going beyond just every person with a cell phone to imagine uh, sensors. I mean, this is where the Internet of Things, IoT, comes in. Sensors on roadways, uh, uh, communications in cars, every, you know, uh, every package in a, in a warehouse having a connection every seat in a in a theater or a sports stadium having a connection really a massive increase in the the amount of connectivity um and all of it because it's you know it's mobile technology all of it can happen with things that are moving so it's truly you know they don't award these they don't award a g uh that often uh 5G really is a huge leap over 4G. Uh, maybe about every 10 years, there's a real transformation that happens. And so this is truly a, a transformational new mobile broadband platform. So and, for the, yeah. sorry, go ahead. I mean, so that's that's what's innovative about the platform. But I don't know that that doesn't really answer your question about what it means for people. So maybe we can we should talk yeah, a little bit about applications. Yeah. So. Obviously, faster internet is going to create less frustration, at least for me personally, mm -hmm. uh, right? Faster connection is going to be great for everyone, less lagging, less freezing um, on your WhatsApp calls or something. Um, but the question is, so if this technology, oh, people will say, okay, it's a faster, you know, connection, but does it affect uh, the, so you said it affects connectivity, IoT sector is going to develop even more. Does it affect um, the future of work? Does it transform our society on an economical level? What are the uses that we will see every day that we can really, you know, come up with uh, right away? But what is going to be that huge shift with 5G that everyone is talking about? I, I can't give you a super specific answer because the true answer is I don't think it's been invented yet, or it's being invented right now by some innovators in their garage. But it is absolutely, uh, it is absolutely coming. And the way we know this is from history. When you know, when 4G came along, I remember people saying, "Why do I really need to uh, download my music files faster? Why do I need to open my email faster?" When I go to websites that are optimized for mobile and have simplified graphics, they open just fine. What, what people were not realizing was that 4G was going to transform the mobile experience for people by you know, putting the internet in their pocket. 
and allow entirely new things to come along. Um, two, two that I think would not have happened, but for 4G that nobody was predicting before 4G came along were uh, ride sharing and social networking. You know, um, your uh, the smartphone revolution empowered by 4G has totally transformed transportation. Uh, and then on, you know, with ride sharing. And then uh, I don't think social networking would would have taken off and become the thing that it is if it was something you could only do while you were sitting at your desktop. There's other things you could point to. And these were things that were not thought of before 4G rolled out. But once the platform was there, innovators were able to come along and uh, use the power of the platform, the network, the computing in the phones that people carry around with them, the camera, the microphone that's in the phone, the GPS sensor, and come up with really powerful new ways of using it. That's going to happen with 5G too. And um, so I can make a few predictions. I think because the network is going to be capable of so much higher data rates, I think there will be a lot more video, a lot more video that's being streamed in multiple directions. And that makes uh, remote presence possible. Like we we've all, I mean, we've all been living with video conferencing uh, now for for several weeks. It's it's going to be a lot better when you can send much higher resolution video and that lag disappears. It'll be a much more natural kind of a communication experience. I think that's going to be a big deal. Absolutely. I I'm going to make a prediction. Um... We're going to have uh, hologram style new technology. Um, anyone out there who wants to take my idea, take it. So let's say you're um, video calling someone, video yep. chatting someone, and instead of just seeing your face, maybe there's a projection. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. Um, but yes, it is definitely very, um, very like interesting. <laughs> I think it's very interesting on how... Um, you know, you as a company, Samsung as a company that creates kind of this capability, you're then putting it out into the world and saying, hey, the world, innovate. We're giving you this tool and uh, the options are limitless. Uh, that's very empowering. And I think United States and innovators in the United States have been, you know, have shown their leadership and their willingness to try new things. And um, hopefully United States will stay a country that doesn't overregulate things that don't even exist yet. Um, if you only knew amount of hill meetings I have about regulating AI when they don't even know what AI is um, and things like that. So uh, hopefully that's what happens and we are able to, you know, balance the new technology that's coming um, and is already on the horizon. And you guys obviously are creating the infrastructure for it. it would that be the right word? Yeah, that's right. Platform, infrastructure, same idea. And, and you've hit on exactly what I what I try to educate policymakers about. Um, people talk sometimes about a, a race to 5G, that the United States is in a race with other countries. Uh, uh, and that's an easy metaphor, but um, it's actually, it's kind of true in, in one sense. The race is not to be the company that invents 5G technology. The 5G technology has been invented by many companies participating in the standards process 
patents are spread all over the world. Nobody is dominating the technology. Uh, although Samsung is doing really, really well in developing the technology, but no one company dominates the 5G technology. The race that's important is to deploy 5G, uh, to get it deployed across the United States so that it becomes a platform that innovative new services and applications can be deployed on. And the companies that are that appear, you know, the way social media giants and and uh, and ride sharing giants appeared in the United States over the last 10 years, because the United States was the first country in the world to widely deploy 4G. Those companies of the future are going to arise in whatever country deploys 5G first. So what policymakers need to understand is they need to make spectrum available so that 5G can be deployed in the US. They need to streamline the infrastructure deployment regulations so that uh, the cell towers can be placed. They're not even towers. The equipment is small enough. They can go on a light pole or the corner of a building. Um, and they need to, as you were just saying, refrain from regulating the new applications before they've even been invented yet. Um, I mean, there's, you know, there's clearly, uh, there's clearly regulation already in place on things like, like, you know, uh, uh, pro consumer protection from deceptive advertising or, uh, you know, competition law. Those, those are already in place. Uh, we don't need, we don't need new regulations just because exactly. 5G is coming along. Yeah, we have the Federal Trade Commission, we have, uh, you know, the Federal Communications Commission, we have these agencies that are responsible for different sectors um, of, you know, protecting consumers or uh, helping deployment. And if there is harm, I mean, FTC is activated. I think people sometimes for some reason forget about FTC existing or how much enforcement they bring, right. but those guys are on it. Um, shout out to them and shout out to the FTC. I think government agencies have really stepped up um, in such difficult times and have uh, really made sure our country, you know, doesn't fall apart. We're like pretty well put together when it comes to government running. Uh, so yeah, shout out to them, to everyone working from home or having to go into the office. Um, thank you for that. So. Um, how will 5G affect the future of work? So uh, 5G will make work even more mobile than it already is and untethered. Uh, and that, that'll mean that people who have jobs that involve uh, service in the field, you know, inspection, repair, uh, infrastructure deployment will have the uh, they'll, they'll have devices with them that are connected through 5G that can empower them uh, much more than today. So that's a little abstract. Let me give you give you an example. Imagine um, imagine uh, ambulance, you know, emergency uh, medical technicians arriving at a at the the scene of a car accident and somebody's been injured. Um, you sometimes hear people talk about 5G and maybe robotic surgery. I, I don't think that's likely that, that a robot is going to hop out of an ambulance and come over and operate on somebody. But what I do think 5G will enable is that the emergency medical technician can have a camera 
mounted on their, you know, maybe on their helmet or their shoulder and have an expert surgeon looking over their shoulder and guiding them as they're administering first aid. You need very high resolution video for that and you need very low lag. And having uh, an expert essentially on the scene guiding you could really transform as your, your, you know, your work as you're engaging in life-saving operations. Um, you could also have uh, the ability of artificial intelligence out in the network analyzing what you see, what the EMT sees in front of them and saying, comparing with a database of imagery and video analysis, here's what may be going on and here's what you need to do about it. So that could be true for, for life-saving. It could be true for somebody repairing uh, machinery in the workplace. Uh, Samsung actually has uh, deployed a 5G innovation zone in our semiconductor factory in Austin uh, to experiment with different ways of using 5G in a factory floor. We partnered with AT&T on that. And so it's things like having sensors on the uh, on the semiconductor wafer robots that carry the, the wafers from machine to machine. So you can track inventory, uh, track the status of the entire factory floor. Um, it's using augmented reality to as to help guide a worker who's gone out on the factory floor to repair a machine tool. Um, it's having video cameras on the factory floor that are constantly looking in the infrared spectrum to see which machines are overheating, which could be a sign of trouble. Uh, and that, you know, those are all things that you would not be able to do with, uh, with 4G uh, or really even with Wi-Fi, uh, with Wi-Fi for maybe a little bit different reason, which is the, you know, the lag that, uh, that, that can come in there. So we're excited about how manufacturing, uh, service, uh, healthcare, uh, transportation will be transformed through 5G. That is very exciting. Obviously, the options are limitless. And uh, basically, it's uh, our dreams and the innovation can be as big as we want it to be, right? Um, go big or go home, basically. <laughs> there you go. That's a good, that's a good way to think about 5G. <laughs> really appreciate what you know what tech freedom is doing to to, to raise awareness about uh, the importance of technology policy to uh, to really foster innovation and allow Americans to to benefit from all of this really uh, exciting transformation that's that's happening around us all the time, including in this coronavirus crisis. You know, there's a lot of innovation happening out of necessity right now. And I'm excited to see what new things people are going to be doing. I absolutely agree. And I think that while we are in a very, very, you know, intense situation, you do see how entrepreneurial um, and innovative people around the world are and how hard everyone is working and coming together. So, um, and, you know, uh, connectivity, again, it comes back to connectivity is what it's a cornerstone of keeping us all connected and sharing this knowledge. So it is very Absolutely. important. Yes. Uh, 
So where can our listeners find out more about the public policy work? Do you guys have maybe like a Samsung public policy team Twitter or maybe a website? Uh, we do. The The Twitter link is at Samsung DC and the, uh, the Samsung US newsroom is uh, news.samsung.com slash US. And there's a 5G tag you can search on there and you'll see all kinds of announcements about our uh, our infrastructure equipment that we're selling to all of those U.S. carriers that I mentioned, our 5G smartphones. Um, I don't think I mentioned yet, but uh, Samsung has introduced by far the largest number of 5G smartphones into the market, and we're democratizing 5G. This year, it's moving into our mid-range, um, moderately priced phones, as well as continuing to be in all of our uh, top-of-the-line premium flagship phones. So uh, we're bringing 5G to consumers, and you can read about that at our uh, at our newsroom site. That's very exciting. John, So much, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, this has been a pleasure. Best of luck in your work and um, trying to keep, you know, everyone around the world connected. Thank you, Ash, and uh, best of luck in your work as well. Policy Podcast is produced and distributed by Tech Freedom, a nonpartisan nonprofit think tank in Washington, D.C. To learn more about our work, make a tax-deductible donation, or find other episodes, find us online at techfreedom.org.